We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? Not bad, Nick. Let's get stuck into some little Nets tidbits. Yeah, you know, the season is over, but we still have news and rumors already. We're going to jump to that and plenty more. Make sure you check the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, where do you want to start? I want to start with Damian Lillard, future Brooklyn Net, Nicholas. Now, <laughs> maybe I'm calling it a little bit early, but I've got in our Google Doc here, sort of reading the tea leaves on... Damian Lillard and there's a lot of little rumblings happening here or there we obviously talked about him being courtside and that was probably the most exciting part of that episode to end the season the 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 net season but then we're hearing stuff from Frank Isola we're hearing stuff from you know uh, Chris Haynes and all these different little things here and there Brian Lewis Lewis. it's just like okay but putting two and two together it it just feels like that I'm not going to say it's an inevitability but where there is smoke, there's fire. Yeah, I thought a, a telling thing too was it was the discussion on a yes broadcast. You know what I mean? Like that's obviously exactly. where the Nets games are aired and they have some level of input probably on that content. So really interesting. And obviously we've mentioned in the past, Mikel Bridges and Dame Lillard have a great relationship. Uh, I was rumored that they left that game together, you know, afterwards. And, you know, Dame's on record of saying Mikel Bridges is his favorite small forward in the league. And he's also talked about how he doesn't want to rebuild in Portland if that's the route that they choose. And, you know, given Portland's limited ability to improve, obviously they do have a great lottery pick coming, but they don't necessarily have a roster that's ready to contend. Not to say the Nets are right there, but it seems like there are some avenues for the Nets to really acquire Dame and potentially acquire another star down the line or in the near future. Yeah, and to provide a semblance of balance, Chris Haynes on that same podcast said that he, or we heard that he also tried to get tickets to the yep. to the Knicks game. Probably sold out those ones probably days and years ago. But Knicks fans would have been clamoring for any seat to get into some postseason basketball. But in saying that, it just feels like that there's a lot of when you connect the dots. I'm trying to put in a heap of different analogies and metaphors and whatever. But if you I want to ask maybe in the future about, you know, packages and that sort of thing. I think that that could be a fun exercise. But if you were to give like a percentage of, because we like to throw the percentages out there. It's 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 an exercise we enjoy. The percentage of likelihood you could see Damian Lillard in a Nets uniform next year, Nick. Is it 50% or lower? 
You know, I'd, I'd say it'd have to be 50, uh, lower than 50% just because Dame would have to request a trade. You know, they're not going to just go out and trade him. He's a very loyal player. So unless he goes to Portland's front office and says, I want to be moved, Brooklyn's on my list, you know, that that's when it all starts. And then if it gets to a point where there's demand, I think the Nets have a really good chance given their assets. And I think also it's important to note the Nets situation. They do not control their draft picks until 2028. So the idea that they're going to go into a full rebuild is very unlikely. I think this is one of the options that's possible. You know, acquiring a superstar and Dame is potentially the only superstar that's going to be on the market. You know, there could be other all-stars on the market and that could be another avenue the Nets pursue. But Dame is the one that can give you a real piece to building a championship contender. As it's been talked about on Nets Twitter, as we know, you know, Katie and Kyrie came, James Harden was right behind them. You know, that's typically what happens. You get the first big star. You have maybe another star, Mikel Bridges. Other guys are going to be excited. The Nets play in Brooklyn, New York. You know, they don't play in the middle of America. They play in one of the largest cities in the world that has a lot of relevancy. So I think if you wanted to go that route, Dane would make a lot of sense given where the Nets are and also given some of the defensive pieces they had to protect him on the end of the floor. Yeah, and we heard that Donovan Mitchell wants to play in New York. I don't know the yeah. legitimacy of those rumors as well. So the Nets, by virtue of you know their standing as an organization, Sean Marks deserves a lot of credit for bringing the Nets a semblance of credibility and relevance over the last five years or so. And look, there's some people even throwing out there that could the could it go the other way that Mikhail Bridges is traded in some gargantuan packages, and I think that 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 could be something to discuss in future episodes. I want to focus on the Damian Lillard side of things. Are there any worries that you have about possibly acquiring Nick? Is it sort of just like doing take two of the KD Kyrie stuff all over again? You alluded to, you know, getting a star in to get that second star. Well, the 2024 free agent class is pretty bloody stacked. There's guys like Giannis, Luca, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Jason Tatum, hypothetically, you know, Joel Embiid, hypothetically, Kawhi, PG, uh, Anthony Davis. Like a lot of these guys could be available in that sort of market. So maybe that makes you feel a little bit, sways your concerns a little bit less, or maybe it doesn't because, you know, history could repeat itself and is likely to repeat itself as it has maybe twice, three times already in Brooklyn. Yeah. And I think you could also play devil's advocate and say, you know, the way that the Katie and Carriera went was, you know, the worst possible way, you know, maybe nine out of other 10 times, it goes really well. I think you look at Dame and some people said this is, you know, the best year of his career, you know, and he's playing really good basketball. We just saw, you know, an aging guard still playing at a really high level and Steph Curry today dropping 50 points in a game seven, not to say Dame is Steph, but there is some positivity in thinking that he can continue his game moving forward. I mean, you look at the contract, that's a little bit of concern, but at the end of the day, as we've talked about, the Nets don't really have that option to rebuild, in my opinion. You know, we, we're going to jump into that more in the future. So I think swinging day and going back into contention, if you can do it for a package that allows you to keep a good chunk of your assets, that makes a lot of sense. Not to say Dame's going to come for free, but the Nets also did a nice job over this past season in recouping a lot of draft picks and some draft picks that carry a lot of value, especially those future, you know, Phoenix picks, the future Dallas pick. That could be something they use. And you brought up free agency, you know, 2024, 2025, a lot of big names. But what that also does is put pressure on a lot of front offices to make trades before those guys become free agents and they lose them for nothing. So that's also something to kind of keep in mind is, you know, they're not available this season or maybe available next season, but the next, you know, the following year, now all of a sudden, oh, they're not off to a good start. We don't want to lose them an unrestricted free agency for anything. 
now a trade becomes very possible. Yeah, it, it's Sean Marks is certainly going to be earning his paycheck over the next you know three to six months in terms of how he manages this roster, and he's had his yeah, even the next ha- month and a half. Yeah, basically around the sort of draft is when we sort of see. You know, the Damian Lillard status will be somewhat confirmed. I think it's unlikely to happen during the playoffs time, but you know, come the the end of the the whole season, I think we see things heat up in in some form or another. And maybe there is another name, the Donovan Mitchell or Trey Young, these sort of guys that we aren't considering. But we're focusing on where the smoke has been. To pr- repeat the analogy that I had from earlier, and look, there is worries that I do have just because of the fact that you know we've experienced the worst of the the acquiring super stars around twice you know in our tenure as brooklyn buzz uh, podcast co-host so look you, you, do you want to get burned again do you want to swim in the deep end again like uh, is it worth that risk i think it is you know because what is the other route like you're you're building through the draft and you know unless you are getting high-end draft talent like you know you're getting your, your top five top 10 picks and then or you're hitting on a donovan mitchell a yana Combo, these sort of guys in that mid-teen sort of range which i don't think is incredibly likely. It just doesn't. And happen. you got to hit got- and develop. So it's not even like it's a quick one year thing, you know. And I think also just one note that I think is important to think about when this whole equation is, the Nets have the luxury of having Mikel Bridges on an amazing contract. You know, he's yeah. making twenty one million dollars next year, twenty three million after that, and twenty almost twenty five the year after that. That's the type of contract that allows you to really build a championship contender because you're getting what looks like an all star level player on the cheap. Yeah, and you've alluded to, you know, Ben Simmons, there's another year off his contract. Joe Harris, yep. another year off his contract. A lot of these guys are, are close to being unrestricted guys and on the final sort of year, so they become assets in terms of the, the contract sort of thing. And I, the one thing I guess I want to speak about before we move on to to future, to future other topics is the Nets need to decide the direction yep. because that's something that you and I sort of felt at when we were thinking about what, as soon as Katie and Kyrie got traded, I'm like, oh, okay, where are we going now? Are we going to hang around, you know, in the sort of middle? Are we going to bottom out? Are we going to try and go back up to the top again, get some more assets, and, you know, give, give up Mikel for, for another four first rounders, which was heavily, heavily rumored from Memphis and, and other places. So what I do think is that the Nets need to decide one of those directions. The middle direction is the one that makes absolutely no sense. And look, as, as much as like, you know, it was fun to, you know, you know, recap and and enjoy the growth of Cam Johnson and Nick Claxton, and Mikael Bridges, and you know, see moments from Cam Thomas and whatever. I I don't. There's there's little to no value to being an average team. You know, I don't yeah. want to be a Washington Wizards. I don't want to be you know those sort of teams that are Chicago just hanging Bulls. around Chicago Bulls, hanging around the middle. I want to be up the top where look. We can get burned and we've gotten burned, but like there's that chance and there's that 5% chance you can hang around the sort of top four. And we're seeing this year that the parity is crazy as ever. One injury here or there and you can win it all. You have Damian Lillard or you have a Trey Young or you have a Donovan Mitchell paired along with Mikhail Bridges and some other guys, or you have a heap of high quality picks, like true lottery picks in the top five and you can get a talent that is going to change the trajectory of your franchise. That's what the Nets need to do. They need to go in one of those directions. And I'll support either one of them. What I won't support, Nick, is that sort of weird little middle ground where the Nets are winning 40 to 42 games. They're going to make the play in. Essentially what they were, you know, what the, what the current roster construction is. There needs to be change. Sean Marks needs to change it. That's his job. 
Yeah, I have like four options. I think you go to the superstar route, which obviously is Dame Lillard. You lose a good chunk of your assets. You land the superstar, you know, and now you become a very attractive de destination. You become very relevant. You're very likely to win a playoff series. And now you could add another star and become a contender. I think you could also trade for an all-star, you know, be it a Trey Young or I don't love Carl Anthony Towns, but he's just kind of an example. You lose some of your assets, probably not as many. You, maybe you land a piece of the puzzle and you can swing for that superstar later down the line. Still relevant, win some playoff games. This is the the one you alluded to that makes the least amount of sense would be running it back. You know, that just doesn't really work. It's wasting a year of that beautiful Mikel Bridges contract. You're not a top destination. You're not really relevant. And you're probably not going to win any playoff games. And you're not going to draft high enough to land a big time star in the draft. And the other option would be the full rebuild where you trade off guys. You get to supercharge your assets. You don't own your picks. You're not very irrelevant. And you're a bad basketball team in a really big city. So I, I think, uh, you know, that is enticing to some people. But at the same time, I think it's way less enticing when you just don't have the opportunity to tank because tanking while your pick sucks. And we've essentially been there before. Yeah, the assets, like you don't know what the assets are. Yeah. Like that's the thing. They're just it's like a, it's like another lottery. <laughs> it, it literally is. It's lottery upon lottery upon lottery. And we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Look, uh, we've seen some... Not strong rumors, but I want to ask you about Carl Anthony Towns and Trey Young, those two guys. Lesser to, I think Damian Lillard makes more sense. Other people, you know, in my replies and I've thrown out there, you know, acquiring Carl Anthony Towns, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, all the polls and that sort of thing. I want to chat about those two guys. And Carl Anthony Towns, we can sort of start with, or Trey Young, however you want to go about it. But what are your thoughts on one of your routes, which is the sort of fringe all star, top sort of 30 guy, 25 sort of guy? How do you feel about the Nets going down that route? It's almost like uh, th there's greater risk in giving up assets to acquire a guy that has heavy question marks when it comes to postseason basketball and heavy question marks to their game and leadership. You know, you can throw Cat and Trey under both yeah. of those umbrellas. But how do you feel about it? Yeah, I think you don't love it. I think Trey is definitely way more enticing than Carl Anthony Towns, given that Trey has had big performances. You know, we saw him hit that huge shot against Boston last week to win a playoff game. And I think he'd be a guy you'd really have to build the roster protect. Carl Anthony Towns, I think the real question is like, can he close playoff games in any way? You know, we've seen him have to be on the bench and his defense is not good. And I think he's just not tenacious enough as a rebounder anymore. And then offensively, he's been a little bit inconsistent, you know, maybe coming back to his kind of hometown area in New Jersey. 
he could have a chance to bounce back and really do something. But I think Trey for me would be more enticing and something you could talk me into, but it wouldn't be my ideal target because of just the limitations he has defensively. Like, let's be honest, he just really can't defend anybody one-on-one and you're constantly trying to hide him and have to make defensive adjustments no matter how good he is offensively. And he's great offensively, but at the same time, he can be limited in the playoff setting in a really physical matchup. Yeah, and you're talking about the on-court stuff. I think the personality yeah. sort of stuff. Like we, we've for both just guys. Gone for, for both guys. And I think Trey Young, because we saw, you know, some pretty big controversy about him, you know, behind the scenes, getting massages and, you know, clashing with his head, head coach. I've heard things from different people. I don't know how credentialed those sources are about the Nets not being in, interested in the Trey Young sort of route, but we're seeing greater tea leaves about Damian Lillard. So read into that what you will and, you know, my Dame sources... Fitz- checks all their boxes for, you know, my religion is winning, you know, we want culture, we want guys that play basketball and show up. I mean, Dame is, you. they have to force him to miss games at the end of the season when they want him to take off. So, like, he he just checks a lot of boxes and makes a lot of sense just to kind of be a new era in Brooklyn basketball. And I think it's also important to know is, like, they're still trying to build Brooklyn basketball. You know, that's still something that hasn't necessarily been established. And I think, you know, the iron's still hot with Katie and Kyrie recently being here. Bring in another superstar, that's really helping you still build up the fan base and create that hype, especially for the younger generation. So as a business owner in Josiah, like, you want to do that too. That's important for him to make money at the end of the day, as much as, you know, someone might be upset they have to give up an extra draft pick to do it, money talks. Yeah, season ticket holders, merch, all the all the things that you know matter to a businessman, to an owner. And with Joe Sy, we sort of think that some of those things do matter. We've chatted yep. about you know the luxury tax, the TPEs, all these different sort of things. And now with the new CBA, it'll be interesting to see Joe Sy and his impact on this team. I know both you and I have had our misgivings. We can save that for another day. But I want to not really make the argument for Carl Anthony Towns, but sort of just go, all right, next to Nick Claxton, and that's your sort of front court. Nick Claxton is probably the best fit of any yeah. front court player in the NBA next to Carl uh, Anthony Towns. He can hide his deficiencies way better than a Rudy Gobert camp because Nick Claxton is basically a wing and in, a, in a, a big man sort of body. So there is that. And because we sort of said, and we, we had the discussion about Nick Claxton and, and, and I did it with Justin as well in the player grades about Nick Claxton being a credible offensive threat. Does he need a spacer next to him? Do the Nets need a spacing big man? Look at all these teams that are winning championships that have spacing big man. Well, Carl Anthony Towns is that and he is... You know, beyond that, like he's a really incredible offensive player. I remember in like seasons back, back, back in the OTG days with me, you and Corey, we were debating like, is he better than Nikola Jokic? Like that was a genuine discussion that we had. And look, yes, we are trying to uh, establish our credibility here, but we, I want to like throw that out there and just say that Carl Anthony Towns is a very good player. But he's a historical shooting big. Like he's a really good shooter. Like he, ha- I mean. I remember seeing him back in Kyrie's first game as a net where Kyrie dropped 50 cat went off. Like cat was hitting ridiculous shots in that game. And it's not the only time he has, I mean, he's an excellent three point shooter. I think the thing with him is like, it's just a confusing career arc given when he was drafted, he was expected to be a defensive player of the year type candidate. And he's really struggled in that end. And part of me wonders if maybe there's something he could do with his workout routine, his conditioning to help him get back to that level or just, even his understanding. We see guys able to at least hold up in the playoffs. Like you look at Jokic, he's not gifted athletically, but he's still able to at least do something in the Nuggets or in the second round of the playoffs. And he's he's never sitting the bench in the fourth. 
Yeah, and there's a system around him. There's your Aaron yep. Gordons, there's your Bruce Browns, there's your KCPs, and the Nets have at least somewhat of a system. Mikel Bridges, the Clax, and Cam Bridges. Johnson, who's a pretty good defender at DFS as of right Got- now. Exactly. So, look, something to consider. I'm not making the, the, the case for Carl Anthony Downs. I think both of us sort of see is like, what are you giving up in return? It's all about yeah. the package. But I want to finish with this, Nick, because M.A. Yudoka is now the Houston Rockets head coach. We've seen polls out there about Jacques Vaughn being the worst playoff coach <laughs> out of the 16 teams that made it. Let's just have a, a little quick discussion about the M.A. Yudoka signing and the news that we got around when it pertained to the Brooklyn Nets about the fact that the the NBA in a in a semblance vetoed this, and also like the, you know there was the Kyrie Irving sort of stuff, but there was the NBA had a part in. It. I guess uh, what were your reactions? What are your feelings about whether it's Ima Yudoka signing in in Houston or the the little tidbits here and there about the Adam Silver having a saying going? Look, he hasn't had twelve months out of the game yet, and that's what the Boston Celtics apparently agreed to. So look. Uh, it's maybe crying over spilt milk or discussing something that is not worth discussing. But I think it is because I think the, the Nets saw, you know, their coaching have a negative impact for large portions of this season. And look, Jacques Vaughn is not a awful coach. I think he's at best an average coach. And going forward, if you're getting a Damian Lillard, you're getting more superstars, I think he'll be okay. But just to have this little discussion because Ime Yudoka has proven he can be a good coach and maybe he should have been a Nets coach. Yeah, I think uh, it's frustrating. I think it's another what if for this era of Katie and Kyrie that's now history. Um, You know, I think less about the coaching, more about his ability to manage personalities and his respect, you know, being respected by players. I think you could really argue that maybe, you know, Katie and Kyrie are still here. You know, maybe they're still on the Nets roster or maybe Katie's still here because he has confidence in what Yudoka could do or, you know, all those different elements. I think it's just frustrating and you know, at the end of the day, if Yudoka had this roster, maybe the Nets losing six instead of getting swept. But, you know, like you said, it's spilled milk. I'm not going to lose too much sleep over it. It just is another one of those things where it just feels like the Nets got the short end of the stick. And it feels maybe a little bit better knowing that the NBA is the one that said no to it, because at the time it just felt like it was more of a PR thing. Yeah, and the what if probably you can go back to the hiring of Steve Nash. Imei Yudoka yeah. was in the running for that. Emmanuel Doka probably should have got that job in the first place. We've sort of seen what he did in Boston. He was one of We've our s- candidates. Yeah, and and it's sort of just like it's just like maybe that should have happened. So look, or Mike we'll Antoni, discuss- There's a lot of what ifs and just that one. A lot center. of what ifs, mate. A lot of what ifs, and hopefully there's some positive what ifs in the future where we go. Well, what if the Nets had have gotten this? Well, who knows? More de- there's plenty more buzz chat going forward. More player grades. More little tidbits. We got pl- the Google Docs are full, Nick. Don't worry about that. Plenty to talk about. Exciting offseason. Like you said, a lot of important decisions for Sean Marks, and we're going to jump at that and plenty more. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks to everybody listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms.